Hey, this is Lane Proctor, the QuickBooks doctor. And if you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to the Sell Without Selling podcast with my good friend, Stacey O'Byrne. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and today I'm speaking with a good friend of mine, Lane Proctor. Lane Proctor lives and works in sunny Los Angeles, California. Her firm, The QuickBooks Doctor, provides businesses with virtual CFO services, full-service bookkeeping, software troubleshooting, and training. She is also a certified trainer of neurolinguistics programming and timeline therapy. She is a published author and success trainer, and in addition to co-training group success workshops, provides full private client breakthrough sessions. Her passion is working with fellow mom bosses to help them achieve their own holistic ideal of success. I'm so excited for you to hear today's conversation with Lane. This is going to be a phenomenal conversation. And really quick, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business and your success, or you just want more, and you understand the importance of having a coach to identify the blind spots, increase accountability, and help with success strategies to take you your business, and your income, and your success to the next level. If this sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application there that will lead to a personal phone call with me to see if we're a great fit for each other. Okay, Lane, thanks so much for being on the show. Welcome. My pleasure. Thank you. So how are you? I am wonderful. You're wonderful, huh? Yes. I like I like wonderful. I really <laughs> do. So so I'm really curious. Um, I'm curious as to what got you into QuickBooks. You know, I've known you for a really long time. You've got this diverse education. You're one of the most brilliant people I've ever had the pleasure of having a conversation oh. with. And your journey into QuickBooks, your journey into bookkeeping is really, in my opinion, kind of fascinating because of your background. Yes. Well, it's fascinating to me too, every time I talk <laughs> about it. <laughs> I was just telling someone today that really the story of my life is networking because everything I've ever done has been because I was talking to someone who said, hey, you're amazing. Come try this. I would love you to be a part of this bookkeeping and QuickBooks kind of happened the same way. I was working in the mortgage industry when the mortgage industry was really hot, you know, before the crash in 2008. I worked from an entry-level clerk all the way up to corporate policies and procedures and thought this, I've seen what I've seen of this industry and I don't think I want to pursue it anymore. So I decided to go see what else was out there. Uh, 
I have a background, you know, as a musician, I'm a songwriter and a singer. And I felt like I wanted to use the skills that I had learned to work with other creative individuals. Mm-hmm. I worked with a documentary filmmaker. I worked with an instructional music video production company. I worked with landscape designers. I worked with interior designers and found that what all of those creative minds needed the most was help getting their ducks in a row as far as their finances and seeing how their business is doing. And that's how I learned QuickBooks. To me, the learning this actual skill and the software was easy, realizing that I was adept at communicating with these types of people. (laughs) Mm, Right. Nice. What made you decide to be a business owner? Because, I mean, you you went to school. You got a great education. Where'd you go again? I went to UC Berkeley, yes. Yeah. So you went to Berkeley. What did you major in? I studied the history of art. History of art. Yes. So history of <laughs> art to business owner to bookkeeping. Mm-hmm. Put that puzzle piece together for me. Well, I think to fit that puzzle, you have to realize that bookkeeping is a very small piece of it. I really was a reluctant business owner at first, to to be quite honest with you. Um, Again, it was the the business where I was a controller went into semi-retirement and people that I knew said, hey, you're great at this. I know someone who I think would want to use you for this. And I decided to see if I could build a business at going on a contract basis. Mm -hmm. Uh, I knew very little about it at the time. It was frankly very frightening (laughs) to me, (laughs) but I also was not enticed by the idea of going back to work for someone else full time. So it was, you know, a little bit the way personal growth always is for me. I, it's happening and I realize it's happening and it's a little bit scary, but it's not as scary as the idea of pulling my back myself back into the space that I was formerly inhabiting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. So, so I'm curious, what, what inspires you? And I personally am interested in hearing that because I suspect that it's probably changed from when I first met you. Yeah, that's probably true. I think that one thing that inspires me is seeing people change. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I love the process of working with anyone and seeing the light come on you know this is the thing that I love about the business that I'm in is people come into me and they are stressed they're trying to do too many things they're stuck in terms of their business because they're trying to do too many things and they can't grow beyond the point where they are They have trouble trusting people. It's a big piece of working with people's finances that, you know, I encounter time and time again. Maybe they have had an experience in the past where they've been burned by a bookkeeper. You know, I have people come into me who've been embezzled from all types of things like that. And, you you know, you've had experience with that yourself. So um I love the process of having a conversation with that person and seeing the light come on and, and helping them to realize that through a 
partnership and through looking at things in a different way, they can grow and they can change and they can eliminate all these stressors and uh, feelings of weight on their shoulders that they didn't realize that was previously an option. That's phenomenal. So, so tell us about your little man. So he's what, two now? Two going on 10? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's two and a half. He can reach everything in the house. It's tall. He is so tall. tall. He's even, I had a friend come over and watch him a little while yesterday. And she's like, he can reach everything. There's no (laughs) child proofing in this house. Um, But he, you know, he's, he's the, the joy of my life. It's Mm. so amazing to just see how he's interested in everything. I -hmm. love the way watching him reignites my curiosity about things and um, helps me see the places where maybe I formed a belief to stop myself before trying (laughs) certain things, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, I, knowing what I know now, it's so interesting to observe my own desire to keep him safe, which is constantly in <laughs> operation as a mom. You he's know? active, huh? Yes, he's very active. He likes to climb. He likes to run. He likes to climb and run. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's so great to get to experience myself saying, you know what, he's, he's fine right now. Mm -hmm. If there, if there is a very real, you know, immediate danger, jump up, but otherwise let him play, you know, and that's been uh, a great belief to build for myself and to practice with him. That's phenomenal. I'm I'm curious, you know, when I, when I met you and you were building your business, you were not a mother yet through the course of your business growing. And now you have a very successful thriving practice. You have given birth to junior jolly green giant. I mean, this kid is so tall. He's just this little blonde toe head. And he's, he's, I, I think he's seriously the tallest kid I've ever met. <laughs> I remember when he was what, nine months old, and you carried him out of the car. And I looked and he was like three quarters of your body size. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So back to my question, back to my question, you, you, you've built this thriving practice. I mean, you're a CFO, you, you, you help people with their books, you, you basically help people with their bottom line, you truly are the QuickBooks doctor plus Mm -hmm. more. So you built this thriving practice gave birth to your son and have raised him and still developed and grew your business. I mean, you've even, you haven't rebranded yourself, but you've branched out and diversified through being a mother. Mm -hmm. So how do you find being a mom and building a successful business and being successful in both aspects? I find it challenging and I find it amazing. Mm. I think that becoming a mom has helped me become Mm. an even more flexible business owner and it's helped me expand my 
understanding of what success is and it's helped ignite my passion to help other people to do the same. Mm-hmm. I'm a child of the eighties. I grew up, you know, with the secret of my success and, you know, we've all seen the wolf of wall street and, you know, I used to have this idea that success was work, 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 succeed, succeed, succeed. And mm-hmm. whatever happens on the sidelines is worth it. And I now have a belief that success is experiencing all of life, that it's experiencing family and it's designing the life you want. You know, some people want to make $5 million in a year. Some people want to make $250,000 and have two hours a day to garden. And those are equal success in my absolutely. eyes, you know, absolutely. Success yeah. is defined by the individual. You mm-hmm. know, there is no one cookie cutter answer. It's in, in my humble opinion, success is thriving in every area of life and excelling to be the best version of yourself every day. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So, so I'm curious, uh, I want to talk about the F bomb. Okay. And that's failure. you really popped up you were like yeah yeah so so I want to talk about failure I'm I'm curious as to how failure has played a role in in your life in your success in your business uh I think failure is so it's so important I actually did a talk about this to a group a little while ago and one of my favorite motivational videos that I actually watch on a regular basis is Will Smith and he's one of his catchphrases is fail early fail often fail forward yeah because because failure is really feedback you know, and I know that's a term that you use a lot, but if I hadn't sort of hit a wall in the mortgage industry, I may have never had this desire to go out and explore. And, you know, it took me several internships with several different companies being like, this is fun, but it's not me. This is fun, but it's not right. It's not a good fit to really uh, embrace where I am at now. It also took, um, you know, it took some early years of being like, this is really hard when I'm barely making any money to (laughs) really justify continuing to do this to really, you know, get humble, ask people for help and figure out what were some things that I wasn't doing like category specific networking, like, uh, you know, getting to know other mothers recently. This is a big uh, thing that I've been doing is, putting myself out there and getting to know other mothers. You know, I had my son at 43. There are not a lot of people in my peer group who have two-year-olds right now. So it's really been a process of reaching out to me and forming those alliances and relationships that are helping me grow into the woman that I am enjoying being now. And that all started with a feeling of... I'm not where I want to be, you know, (laughs) like, I don't feel like I'm doing a good job at this. Mm -hmm. So I think that failure is really important. 
You know, I think it's, it's really instrumental in anyone's success journey and to look at it as what is this telling me? What, it, you know, what's the message that I'm getting here? It's not, you, you know, it's possible to look at it and say, I'm just not good enough. And we all have those moments, I think, but to look beyond that and say, what is this telling me? What am I meant to learn from this and how can I grow? I love it. I love it. For me, for me, failure happened in a multitude of ways all through my life. And, and yes, failure is definitely, I utilize it as feedback to figure out what didn't work so I can figure out how to make something work. And, and all my life, the way failure has shown up for me has been a tool and or an asset. And it may not feel like it at the time. It may not look like it at the time. It sure the heck never made sense at the time. <laughs> However, looking back, you know, they always say hindsight's twenty twenty. Failure's always been a gift mm -hmm. because it's always recorrected my course. Mm -hmm. So like, like a prime example, uh, I, I, I'm very open about, about my past and, you know, I made some some pretty bad decisions as a misspent youth. I grew up in a beach town in San Diego. I grew up in Pacific Beach. And there's only really a few things to do in a beach town. And, what, and it's definitely not going to school. You know, it's, <laughs> it's surfing, it's getting stoned, it's partying hard. And, yeah. and you know, I, I took a road that, that at the time really didn't serve me. I jokingly tell people today, oh, I've been selling all my life. You know, I, at that time I dealt, you know, mm -hmm. something had to support my habits. So I really have been in sales for a very long time. And when I was in high school, I ended up in a rehab. Mm -hmm. Well, some would look at that as failure. For me, that really taught me the power of conversation, the power of communication and the power of surrounding yourself in a support-like environment. When I was 16 years old, right? I mean, the only way to work through an addiction at that level is to be vulnerable, be transparent, come from a space of gratitude, make sure that you're constantly talking about your stuff mm -hmm. and surrounding yourself with like-minded people who have the same goals as you do. Mm -hmm. Sounds a lot like what entrepreneurs, business owners, and successful sales professionals need today, right? Yes. So then what did I do? I joined the army. I surrounded myself with a group of people like-minded. That taught me, that taught me how to ask more of myself than I had ever asked before. I climbed the corporate ladder really, really quick. Well, corporate politics, corporate politics got the best of me, right? I'm not a political person. I am not a politically correct person. For anybody that knows me, I suffer from NFS, no filter syndrome. I think it, you know it before <laughs> I realized I said it. And that's just not proper in the corporate environment. I didn't kiss butt. I was not that type of person. Mm -hmm. My performance spoke volumes. I was always the number one salesperson. And the reason why is because I never sold. I built relationships, I added value to the relationships, and I was a problem solver. And if my product services and solutions couldn't solve the problem, I connected you to who could, right? It was that easy. Well, that got me written up, 
that got me put on probation, that ultimately got me fired, or I'm sorry, the political term was laid off. (laughs) That way I never got, I could never sue them. And, you know, it was just for me, the most devastating thing was to lose a high powered six figure job for what I felt I was doing right to only learn that I was doing right. They just didn't play the game the way the game should have been played. You know, entrepreneurs, if, if you don't embrace mistakes, if you don't embrace feedback, if you don't embrace failure, you're going to continue to repeat it. So yes, for me, I have a very, very positive relationship with the (laughs) (laughs) F-bomb. So, so I'm, I'm really curious if there's anything that you wish you could know before you started out, what would that be? I wish I would have known how many unseen resources were always going to be there to support me the moment, the moment that I asked for it, you know, um, I have incredible faith in myself today as a business person, but also in the community that surrounds me in, in the universe, you know, and, um, it wasn't always I would like that. Not say it? faith was <laughs> one of the main qualities that <laughs> I mm-hmm. possessed when I started on this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, Moxie, maybe. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> that's a really good yeah. adjective to describe you when I met you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, you know, and now when I look back, you know, speaking of failure, it's interesting that I see that today. You know, there was a time in my career when I, I, it was right after I had originally seen The Secret, I believe. And I was convinced that I wanted to work with this uh, famous artist. I wanted to work with Prince, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'll just say it. <laughs> and I was focusing on this idea. I want to work with Prince. I want to work with Prince. I want to work with Prince. And I had... Um, I went to this nightclub one night where he showed up at and I had a a demo CD with me, but I didn't get up the courage to talk to him. And by the time I turned around, he was gone. But it's funny Uh. looking back, I feel like he was there. the, The club was almost empty and he was looking around like, I feel like there's a reason I'm supposed to be here, but I can't find it. And he left, you know, so it's an interesting thing for me looking back to see how those opportunities have always been there. And so one of the most powerful tools that I have today is, you know, quieting myself and connecting with the idea that everything I want, the universe really wants to come in and help me provide because I really believe that it's, uh, that impetus in my soul that is a signal, like this is the service that I should be providing. There's someone out there who's looking for me as much as I'm out there looking for something, you know? So, and that's such, such a valuable lesson for me to learn. You know, I think that the times that I look back and see that I've held myself back, I had no idea how much, uh, I was going to touch, the lives that, you know, I have touched when I finally let go. 
Mm. And, um, you know, that's, there's no price that you can put on that really. <laughs> I love that. I, I, I actually learned something new. I never knew that about you. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious and, and bear with me while I long windedly lay this question out. Okay. So you work in an area of business that most business owners, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, sales professionals either ignore, don't know how to understand, don't know how to read, or just don't even know exists. And that's the world of the bottom line, the world of the numbers. What, what advice can you give our listeners today when it comes to running your business by the numbers? Just do it. Pull the bandaid off. Why do you think they avoid it? I think there is a tremendous amount of fear around Mm. finances, you know, and this, you know, as well as I do, that people pick up all kinds of ideas along the way that they're not even aware that they have about money and, you know, like the one that I just described about, you know, success is getting wherever you need to get and Mm -hmm. stepping on whoever you need to step on, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, my reaction to that belief was to, you know, I didn't feel like I could embrace that attitude. So I was like, well, I guess I'm just never going to be as successful as I hope to be, you know, so getting through that is really, um, a process for me, even of really looking at my numbers and, sometimes saying, wow, look how much I have grown. Look, this is actually happening. I'm following the advice that people are taking me and it's happening. You know, I think people are afraid of the decisions that they're going to have to make. You know, I think they're afraid that, um, you know, some, sometimes it's a being as successful as they hope to be, or sometimes it's, you know, I, I'm not as successful as I thought I was being. And now, I'm going to have to step into that role and learn some new things if that's what I want to do. Clarity is absolutely necessary for you know, a business owner. You know, someone that I work with all the time says, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's really true. Um, if you don't have a real grasp of how your business is doing, then any decision you make will be okay and not, not great. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. So so you think you think the avoidance of of knowing their numbers because because look, I, I am through and through an opener and I'm capable of being a closer. I believe that my closing ratio is because I'm so good at opening. And the opening is is the relationship, the connection, the the being of service, the the, the heart-centered leadership. I say all that to say that if you don't know the numbers of your business, if you don't know the bottom line, then there eventually will probably not be a business. You know, I tell people all the time, you can run it like a business, it'll pay you like a business, you can run it like a hobby, and it's going to cost you like a hobby. Mm-hmm. So so what, what I hear you saying is the avoidance of the numbers is really a mindset thing. Mm-hmm. 
So it being a mindset thing, look, when people come to you with their shoe boxes or their boxes or their bags full of receipts or however you get it today, how do you move them from the tunnel vision, the foveal vision of I need books for my taxes to let's work with the mindset because you need books to steer your business? What I encourage people to do a lot today is to think about what running their business the way they are currently running it is actually costing them. Mm. What it's costing them in terms of peace of mind, what it's costing them in terms of wasted seconds, minutes, and hours in their day, what it's costing them in terms of things that they are tolerating that you know, they're tolerating over and over and over again, that they could be literally experiencing a much better quality of life without tolerating. And I encourage them to think about their actual expense that they're tolerating, you know, because if you don't have a professional working on your books, if you or helping you to do it, if you feel like you have to do it alone, because some people really have to get through that too. You know, as entrepreneurs, we have to show ourselves that we know how to do everything before we (laughs) allow ourselves to get help doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you don't have assistance doing that, and you're not absolutely proficient and even beyond at it yourself, I guarantee it's costing you in taxes. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's costing you in opportunities to save and invest. It's, it's costing you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so the question is, why would you not invest that in a place that's going to make you a more powerful, informed and confident business owner? I like that. I like that. So, so what is your response to the solopreneur that tells you, uh, I just do my own books. It's too expensive to hire a bookkeeper. And by the way, I'm biting my tongue, not responding to that. I'm just curious as to what you would say to them being the professional that you are. What is it costing you to do your own books? How much time are you spending on that? How much money do you think you could make in that time if you're doing what you're really good at and passionate at in your business? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I believe that we are experts in what we are experts in, and that's our billable hours. And any hour that we are working outside of billable time becomes a cost factor in our business. And I, I believe wholeheartedly it's very important to hire professionals that are experts in areas that you're not an expert in because the mistakes are costly in so many ways. And it was funny. I was having a conversation with someone the other day and I can't remember what brought it up, but friends of mine owned a really high end restaurant in Long Beach Mm -hmm. and, uh, a friend of theirs was doing their books. Now, this wasn't a tax preparer. This wasn't a payroll specialist. This wasn't a bookkeeper, but she was doing their books and managing their payroll. And you know what payroll's like for a restaurant, mm-hmm. right? Because of tips and everything like Very that. Very complicated. It is. Mm-hmm. So 
I, I'm not versed in this language. I only know a summary of what happened. <sighs> this was a nightmare. Apparently the IRS has buckets that your payroll taxes go into. And apparently this, I'm gonna say in air quotes, bookkeeper put the payroll taxes in the wrong bucket, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. So fast forward, like nine months later, they got this letter from the IRS with a nice little $395,000 bill for past due taxes, mm -hmm. past due penalties, fines, interest, and all the money that originated, also known as the payroll taxes, was already at the IRS. However, it was allocated in the wrong bucket, so they couldn't move it. They couldn't get credit for it. And those taxes, fees, penalties, interest, all of that bankrupted their business, and they still owed the money, even wow. though it was already at the IRS. Mm -hmm. It is that important. Absolutely agreed. And, you know, when I look at what's happened in this past year, even, I mean, mm -hmm. if you look so many businesses, businesses who close their doors, uh, businesses who are really struggling to get by and may never open again, who are the businesses who were in the best position to get assistance? Who are the businesses who even knew whether they could, you know, there are businesses who had access to an accounting resource there, you know, my number one priority when all of this happened was to immediately educate myself on all of the funding options, who is eligible and proactively reach out to my clients and let them know about their options. If you're a business owner who doesn't even have a PL, who doesn't even, you know, who's operating on, well, as long as there's money in the end of the in the account at the end of the month, I'm doing okay. You have no chance when it comes to a situation like this. So it's, it's an absolute necessity to have a resource like me, if you are a business owner who plans to keep your business for the long term. I think that's the caveat. <laughs> what? What are the most important reports that a business owner should lean on when it comes to their books, their finances? Well, you absolutely need to look at a profit and loss on a regular basis. You should also be looking at a balance sheet and a cash flow. A balance sheet is a good indication of, you know, even if you have money in the bank, is it being taken from somewhere else. What's the real value of your business? Do you have a long-term prospect to sell it one day or to go into a partnership or, you know, to uh, leverage your business into something else if you ultimately plan to retire or go in a different direction? So the balance sheet is important for that reason. Profit and loss is really the the meat and bones, what you want to be looking at every month to see what the health of your business is like. And cash flow is going to tell you, you know, uh, do I need to be hustling to bring more in here or there? Or do I need to stagger the way I'm doing things? Do I need to uh, recreate my business process to enable cash flow to be more smooth and to support me in a better way. 
Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you for breaking that down. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, knowing what you know about business and going through the journey that, that you've gone through, what's the best advice that you can give someone who's either just starting out or, or looking to pivot and rebrand themselves or has pretty much been completely shut down and stuck and not knowing what to do? Bet on yourself, man. <laughs> bet on yourself. Don't be afraid to bet on yourself. You know, I have, I don't know why this question made me think of this, but I had a very, very close friend uh, about four years ago who uh, was a substitute teacher and had the idea to design a food and grocery delivery app Okay, mm. in Long Beach. And I told them at the time, hey, you know what a really brilliant thing would be to do would be to hire someone to develop an app and monetize this the way that Uber uh, has done, you know, and this was before Instacart came on the scene. This was before any of these other things came on the scene. Um, but this person was very attached to doing it all themselves and didn't want to spend any money. <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. and, you know, they're now they're not doing this business anymore. I'm not even sure what they're doing. Um, so a lot of times we get into a place or I'll, I'll speak for myself. Sometimes I get into a place of being like, I have this great idea, but I don't want to talk to anyone about it because uh, I'm afraid they're going to judge me or I'm afraid of looking foolish or that's just ego you know these I think don't think that we get inspirational ideas in and of our own accord you know I think that if something is coming through you at least this is the way I operate maybe it's a little woo-woo for a bookkeeper you know I think that inspiration comes from um, a place of divinity you know and I think that if you are feeling inspired to go out there and do something new then believe that all of those forces are there behind you to help you do it believe in yourself and believe that you've been chosen I know it sounds a little a little crazy but believe that you've been chosen to to deliver that message to the world you know I love that I love that so so you dropped the e-word uh -huh. Ego, uh -huh. you know, ego self, <laughs> ego self is such a hindering, powerful entity. And, and, and I'm curious, how does ego play a part in one's journey to be able to sell and ultimately to be able to achieve success? Well, ego is important. I mean, let's be real. We're people. For me, it's driven me to go out there and do things. You know, the desire for success is definitely, there's ego behind that. Ego can also be a very restricting force, you know, when you, when it gets turned around and because ultimately the ego just wants to be in control, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whether it's for good or bad, ego just wants to be in control. That's what mm -hmm. ego wants. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's can be good for, um, for initiating action, you know, and for being productive, but it can also be a force for holding oneself back if it becomes restrictive, 
So I feel like I'm talking in really general terms, but for example, for me, there have definitely been times in my business where ego was what kept me going because I didn't want to fail and I didn't want to look foolish, but it has also held me back from, for example, getting a coach, you know, as soon as I should have from um, believing that people wanted to help me, you know, mm-hmm. it, um, for me, my ego has really been limiting in terms of wanting to do it all myself. And mm-hmm. I think that a lot of entrepreneurs listening will probably relate to this. But for me, a big part of my journey has been, if I admit to myself that, you know, I need someone else to do this, then I'm admitting that I'm not good enough. Well, actually, what I've come to understand that is I'm admitting that I'm smart enough and discerning enough to realize that my energy is better spent somewhere else you know, and that has been a process for me, you know, I'm so overjoyed today that I have people working for me. I'm so overjoyed that I have people coaching me. I'm so overjoyed that I have resources like your podcast to listen to. And, you know, that there are so many resources available to me that I can learn from. Whereas in the past, I, my ego might've told me, you know, turning to someone else for knowledge on that is admitting that I don't know enough. And now I feel like, well, I don't, you know, I, I never know enough. <laughs> okay. right. I hope that I keep learning until the day that, you know, I'm no longer on this planet. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Lane, you brought up an amazing um, topic. And it's funny because most of my guests, when we're talking coaching and mentorship always show up in the conversation. And, and I, I know you know my philosophy, mm-hmm. you know, we hire people who have done what we've wanted to do, who have been where we wanted to be, and who have a greater knowledge of areas than we do, you know, and, and for me, I have seven coaches, I have a coach for every area of my life. And as a matter of fact, I just made the scariest investment ever in my life in a coach. I, I made a three times, actually probably three and a half, four times uh, more than I've ever invested in a coach ever. Mm-hmm. I, uh, the, the coach I hired is Jay Abrams, uh, Jay Abrahams. And, uh, and I actually have my first conversation with him tomorrow. And you want to talk about stepping so far outside my comfort zone. Oh my God, that's so exciting, Stacey. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, just talking about it, I have that nauseous feeling in my stomach again. And uh, it, it, was, it, it was a big decision. I mean, when I, when I say that this is three and a half, four times more than I've ever invested, having seven coaches, that's a pretty big statement. So, so I'm curious as to your opinion of, of coaching and mentorship in, in one's journey for success. Uh, my opinion is that it's absolutely crucial. And I'm sort of going to bring back in a thread that you brought in earlier. You know, when I started on my true entrepreneurial journey, I was, um, not in a good place as far as my health. I was um, 
drinking and using drugs a lot. And I was in a little bit of a downward spiral. You know, I was in a very addicted place and it was really through um, the process of coaching that I was able to pull myself out of that. You know, I don't believe that business owners practice business in a vacuum. I don't believe that we do anything in a vacuum. And it's difficult to see yourself without (laughs) a coach. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's difficult to see yourself with no matter how many tools any of us have. It's always good to have someone there who is able to be reflection for you, you know, and I think that again, the idea of faith, I think that the right person shows up when you need them. And so it's very important to listen to that. And again, I'm just going to pull in every thread that we've been through in this entire conversation. (laughs) Again, don't be afraid to bet on yourself. You know, Um, the best thing that any a business owner can do is invest in themselves first, mm-hmm. you know, invest in yourself, then invest in your business. Mm-hmm. And you can go out there and learn everything through hard knocks and experience, but why? <laughs> right? you know? Yeah. Why? Uh, you have so much experience that I don't have. I have learned so much from you. My life has absolutely transformed from working with you. Mm-hmm. And thank you. That's a gift. And the fact that you are out there choosing to spend your life articulating it and sharing it with other people is a gift. So, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that I have chosen to give myself that gift over and over again. And and my goal is ultimately to pay it forward as well. That's phenomenal. I know that I met you networking. Mm -hmm. What, what, has networking done for you and your business? You know, because in, in today's world, we we hear, you know, because of COVID, we hear, well, we can't face-to-face network now or, you know, Zoom butt or virtual networking. I'm <laughs> so burned out. I, 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 I don't like to do it or I'll wait till the pandemic's over. I'll wait till we can go live again. In my humble opinion, it takes four to five months to establish momentum. Mm -hmm. And if people are waiting to get on the other side of this pandemic, there's not going to be anything left there for them to attempt to build traction for. So knowing that the dynamics of networking have changed, however, even though it's a different suit, even though it shows up differently, it's still connecting, it's still relationships. So if you could share with the listeners what networking has done for you so maybe they can grasp the, the concept and the philosophy and the importance of it. Well, bottom line, it's quadrupled my business. Aside from that, it has given me every single tool that I have needed to grow as a person and expand as a business owner. When I first started networking, because it was recommended to me uh, by someone who was successful in the field that I wanted to go into, mm-hmm. I mistakenly thought, oh, this is just about, you know, getting sales. It's about informing people of what I do so that I can get sales. Mm-hmm. But it's really about 
getting to know people. It's, you know, it's about getting to talk to people, learn about them, learn what uh, makes them tick. And it's about having access to so many resources of things that I am not a specialist in and have no interest in being a specialist in. Mm -hmm. It's taught me about investing in my business. It's taught me about organizing my time. It's taught me about, uh, you know, admin versus marketing versus, (laughs) you know, operations. It's taught me about how to build a brand. It's taught me about keeping myself healthy. It's taught me about self-care. All of those are very important pieces of uh, being a business owner. You get to learn that by hearing what people have to offer. You also get to learn by witnessing how other people manage their businesses and manage their lives. So, you know, show up in service, show up with the desire to help people with what you have to offer. And I started out being like, oh, I have to get every single person to enroll in my business and I have to help every business owner out there. And my attitude now is really, I have to make my service known and those people who most need me will will show up, you know? Yep. And, and I think that that is a really rewarding place to come from and a really fertile ground from which to form partnerships and work with people. I love it. I absolutely love it. Do you have any networking tips you can share? Uh, Buddy up and wear an article of interest for people to comment on. (laughs) Mm, I like it. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I, for me, my thing is jewelry and um, it's something that I really enjoy, but it's also really great for networking, uh, you know? So I don't know if your thing is ties or scarves or, you know, watches or, (laughs) you know, uh, carrying something that's really odd. Any of Mm -hmm. those things will work as conversation starters. That's funny (laughs) because for me, it was always your hair. Yeah. Always look forward to coming to the meeting to see what color it would be that week. Right. <laughs> so, so we're rolling into the signature question of the show. Mm-hmm. And that is what does selling without selling mean to you, Lane? Oh God, it really means being 100% present is what mm-hmm. it means to me. Mm-hmm. It means showing up as myself with everything I know and everything I have to offer and being there for the person that's in front of me. You know, I love that. I love that. You know, so many people say, well, how do you sell without selling? And and for me, it's a lifestyle. It's about being 100% congruent with who you are, authentic to how you show up and transparent to avoid any projection of falsehoods. I always, I, I always refer to it, and Mary Lou and I laugh about it all the time, is, is, is it's important wherever you go out is, is to be a cat, congruent, authentic, and transparent. Mm-hmm. And we all know that cats really are, and they aren't. (laughs) (laughs) However, they're very congruent with who they are. They're very authentic to what they are. And they're transparent as long as they want to be around you. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, so for me, selling without selling, it's a mindset. It's a belief in self. It's, it's understanding that in order for the outer to ever work, it's important to do the inner work. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, the, it's the belief. It's the faith. It's the servitude. It's the showing up in 100% appreciation and gratitude. It's that space of peace and calm. And knowing that everything is going to be all right, because I am capable of making everything all right. It's the understanding that you have two choices. You actually have multiple choices, but in this scenario, there are two choices. You can either let life happen or you can make life happen. And you know, I always say choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. Mm -hmm. So for me, yes, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur and as a sales professional, guess what? Sales gets to get done. Mm -hmm. And depending on how you approach the encounter will determine whether it's effortless or impossible. So welcome to the random round, Blaine. This is one of my favorite <laughs> segments because I believe success leaves clues. Okay. And I also believe that, you know, my, our, our guests are very successful and I like to ask questions so that when you talk, our listeners can extract information and apply to self whatever works for them. You understand the concept of modeling, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I'm curious. What's your favorite word and why? What's coming up for me is elucidate. I love the, yeah, I love the word elucidate. And uh, because it's to basically means to bring something out of the dark and to shine a light on it. You know, I mean, we've talked today about, about ego, about addiction, about, you know, all of the reasons that people don't look at their money. And I think that when you elucidate all of those things that you don't want to look at, it reminds me of this cartoon that my son loves to watch. The main characters keep running away from this scary monster because it's casting this really big, scary shadow that's chasing them. And then when the monster comes onto the screen, it's a mouse. that's casting a really big shadow. (laughs) So that I think is the point of really life and business for me is really, you know, let's bring all this stuff out into the open and see what's really there and get to work. I absolutely love it. I have another random round question for you. And how do you decompress? How do you recharge? I mean, being, being a full-time parent, a full-time partner and a full-time business owner. How do you recharge? Funny enough, next month in Accounting Web, I'm going to write an article about that exact topic. Nice. I'll give you the brief, the down and dirty right now. Yeah. For me, music is very important. Listening to music and singing and playing music is very important. I've been singing since... I can remember and it's a process that brings me very present and very much into my body. So it can shift my state very quickly. Let's, let's put it that way. It can help me relax and like get home 
you know, to my heart very quickly. So that's, that's definitely the ticket for me. So can I put you on the spot? Sure. So what's your favorite song to sing? That's so funny. You know, the answer is different all the time, but what came up for me right now is Bridge Over Troubled Water. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so would you, would you bless us with, with a few notes? Sure. All right. Go for it. And by the way, strap in because this woman's got a powerhouse voice. I'll take your part when darkness falls and fear is all around like a bridge over troubled water. I will lay me down like a bridge over troubled water. I won't lay me down. Oh, man, that gave me goosebumps. Thank you so much. I got to tell you, the one thing I absolutely love, well, there's hundreds of things I absolutely love about you. You have been blessed with an instrument. And not, I'm not just talking about the brain. I'm talking about your heart, your voice, your tenacity, your drive, your soul. You just, you have it all. You really do. And I'm blessed, blessed to call you a friend. So, Lane, it's been phenomenal having you on the show. And I really appreciate you taking the time out for us today. If, if our listeners want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? You can find me on Facebook and on LinkedIn. Search for the QuickBooks Doctor. So Facebook or LinkedIn, that's the QuickBooks Doctor. Phenomenal. Thank you so much. Hey, your success is important to me. And it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you. I would love for you to do three things right now. First, I'd love for you to head over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Let's head over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Second, love for you to jump on the Facebook, jump on Facebook and join our sell without selling community. That's the sell without selling community on Facebook. And last and definitely not least, I'd love to chat with you and give feedback on the episodes and find out any topics that you're interested in to help make this more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success that you've always dreamed of, desired, and you know you deserve. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15 minute call on the schedule. Always remember this choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so that you can get on your way so you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you soon. Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.